0: Hello and welcome back to new recording. I'm your host, Pola. I'm so excited to share with you an episode that I didn't actually think I was going to be able to record. I love a bonus episode. Um, A special shout out goes to today's guest, Rain Hansen, who overcame both distance and nerves to chat with me. Rain is a queer, gender-nonconforming Jamaican filmmaker, most interested in utilizing design and mixed media to tell stories centering the experiences and imaginations of queer and trans people of color. When they're not obsessing over new ways to experiment with their own storytelling, they work in the world of television, helping art departments. Keep listening to hear us cover archival work, the ethics behind this very podcast, and their latest project. Thank you to Scope of Work for sponsoring this episode, and thank you for listening. I'd like to begin this installment of New Recording with an excerpt. This is from In the Dream House by Carmen Maria Machado. It's called Dream House as Prologue. In her essay, Venus in Two Acts, on the dearth of the contemporaneous African accounts of slavery, Sadia Hartman talks about the violence of the Archive. This concept, also called archival silence, illustrates a difficult truth. Sometimes stories are destroyed, and sometimes they are never uttered in the first place. Either way, something very large is irrevocably missing from our collective histories. The word archive, Jacques Derrida tells us, comes from the ancient Greek archaeon, the house of the ruler. When I first learned about this etymology, I was taken with the use of house, A lover of haunted house stories, I'm a sucker for architecture metaphors. But it is the power, the authority, that is the most telling element. What is placed in or left out of the archive is a political act, dictated by the archivist and the political context in which she lives. This is true whether it's a parent deciding what's worth recording of a child's early life, or, like Europe and its scene, its stumbling blocks, a continent publicly reckoning with its past. The complete archive is mythological, possible only in theory, somewhere in Jorge Luis Borges' total library, perhaps, buried under the detailed history of the future and his dreams and half-dreams at dawn on August 14, 1934. But we can try. How does one tell impossible stories, Hartman asks, and she suggests many avenues, advancing a series of speculative arguments, exploiting the capacities of subjunctive, writing history with and against the archive, imagining what cannot be verified. The memoir is, at its core, an act of resurrection. Memoirists recreate the past, reconstruct dialogue. They summon meaning from events that have long been dormant. They braid the clays of memory and essay and fact and perception together, smash them into a ball, Roll them flat. They manipulate time, resuscitate the dead. They put themselves and others into necessary context. I enter into the archive. I speak into the silence. I toss the stone of my story into a vast crevice, measure the emptiness by its small sound. Hello, hello. I can't believe I'm here in the studio with you. Um, Maybe we can get started with you introducing yourself.
1: Hello, my name is Rain Hanson. I'm an L.A.-based filmmaker by way of Kingston, Jamaica.
0: How are you feeling today, Rain?
1: I'm doing okay.
0: Yeah? Okay. Glad to hear it. How's your time in New York been?
1: It's been really good. It's It's really a privileged to be in this city for as long as I have been.
0: Has anything exciting happened recently to
1: you? Has anything exciting happened? Um, I've been able to screen some really old projects of mine which was unexpected and just kind of came about serendipitously so I would consider that exciting yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Ready
1: to go back home? Um. I don't really miss places that other than Jamaica, I don't really miss places that easily. So, you know, LA's not going anywhere. I don't, you know, I'm going to get there when I get there. Mm-hmm. How long have you been
0: in New York No,
1: Just over two months.
0: What brought you here?
1: I came to make a personal project of mine. Short film. Experimental. Gay shit.
0: I love gay shit, first of all. Uh, secondly... I feel like I am a person who's lucky enough to know you, but, um, as far as the listeners of this podcast, I feel like they might not know you as well. Um, so, are there any other ways that you would describe yourself, maybe?
1: Truly the first thing that comes to mind in describing myself is that I'm Jamaican. Um... Black, non binary, creative person.
0: So, can you talk a little bit about how you've used uh, voice memos
1: historically? I feel like I've always used them because Apple never used to have like the in text record feature, so, usually, it would be to record. Like, you know, I've lived in many cities, so catching up with friends usually entails like you know trying to nail down a facetime or just like these kind of uh long paragraph style updates and you know we all get lazy sometimes so it really started out just like as recording like responses to questions they had about like what's going on in each other's lives and vice versa but then i feel like once i got to film school I would just, I don't know, as much as I love, like, music and uh, the audio sphere, I don't feel like I have the, the brain to understand, like, all the equipment. And so whenever I was making, even though I technically learned how to use, like, a basic uh, sound recorder, I was, like, to me, the, the, the iPhone voice memo quality is clear enough <laughs> that it just sounded good that i would just like at least everything i've ever made there's some element of sound that was just recorded on my phone um so yeah sound capture of just like anything i thought that might be interesting like
0: well what what do you think what do you think is that like quality characteristic that makes you press that red button
1: aside from like my own like conversational day-to-day use i almost was trying to like just build like, a mini library of sounds that I know could sound useful. Like, for example, every time I'm home in Jamaica, I would record um, just what it sounds like when I'm sitting outside on the patio, just, like, listening to, like, the full, very, like, uh, I don't know, I guess scenic isn't the word because it's it's audio, but just, like, anything. Or even just, like, being around, like, my family and uh, hearing them... You know, the kind of humor that they use or just, like, the sound of having football on the TV in the background. Just anything that, like, I thought would—I just want to save.
0: Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about the voice note we'll be listening to today. What is the scene? Who are the characters?
1: Sure, the scene um, is in my L.A. home on the patio with my uh, former housemates. And I feel like the patio is a place where we'd often just run into each other, like, you know, go out for a smoke or we're just having a beer out there. And even if we didn't intend to, like, catch up or, like, have conversations, you'd find yourself just out there for hours. um, Just, like, talking about God knows anything, truly anything. And, you know, I lived with other creatives, artists, and so uh, in the voice note, it's just... One of one housemate in particular is very you I you know big history nerd and I feel like there are so many times in living with them that I was like felt like I was learning so much and I and I was probably like you know I just wanted to remember <laughs> like what they were saying and I think that's what made me hit record in this specific voice note I just wanted to like they were speaking whatever facts they were speaking about I wanted to remember them and so the voice note is kind of just. Honestly, a random conversation between me and two of the housemates um, who I I feel like this this dynamic kind of is what helped us or just almost precedes like the project that brought me to New York. Uh, I made with them. So even though the this conversation isn't about that project, I feel like we came up with the idea of the project in the exact same setting and the same way just like having beers on the patio
2: i would rather see that as as like um uh, like uh archives made with the agency of the people like yeah. who it's about versus anthropology like yeah. i feel like if that like that's a minor I mean, it's kind of a huge shift, but, like, I just feel like that would be, like, a nice shift in terms of just, like, actually studying, like, you know, allowing the people who the records are about to create the records be involved in it, and then, you know, therefore, like, being, it's, like, more of this, like, willful trade of information about who you are and how you live and what you believe in and all that stuff versus, like, somebody coming to you to like discover you and discover your beliefs and then come with
3: this outsider view of what you are, what you do, what you are supposed to be like um, as
2: this sort of like bourgeois like study too right because like a lot of that information is only really accessible in university or above
3: yeah even like our archive our existing libraries are usually we are not accessible to or we don't even think about being accessible to
2: right
3: and like at the same time i do want to point out that a lot of culture don't think of archiving being a thing like Like
2: some things just exist in the moment and that's where they exist And that's
3: also another argument that I used to make in school Because we had this big debate going on about this museum in Belgium Was the World African History Museum Also, what does that mean? Um, And they stole so many artifacts from Northern Africa And they refused to give it back Their argument was, those countries cannot take care of these artifacts, and so they were brought into our classroom, being like, okay, what do you think about that? Literally. And and, like, all Mm. things aside, being, what do you mean taking care of it, and all that, and the rightful owner of it. The bottom line is, is, some cultures don't think that you're supposed to keep these artifacts for centuries. Mm. Some of the times when you make something, however beautiful and significant and magical they are, they're supposed to become bust. Right. They're not supposed to be sitting in some sort of cabinet in museums I and mean, preserved in amateur specific environments. I
2: feel that way about I, I feel that argument for artifacts and think that that can stand true specifically for artifacts. But for the record of their existence, I do think that that is important like, and I would love to see cultures embrace that, like, you know, and whatever. But what about, if, the,
3: but what about the, the kind of, some sort of authorship of whoever made it and whoever made it before? That's
2: what I mean, right? like, so when So like,
3: when we preserve something, we take away the agency of whoever made it but that's what and whoever I mean. made it for. That's what
2: I'm trying to say, though, is that, like, those records and these types, you know, if the shift was to be that the, these archives were made with the agency of The creators and like of the communities that they touch and all that stuff, it would make a huge difference. It would make a lot of the exchange of information a lot less arbitrary and a lot less like convoluted. But I mean, it would still be biased, it would still hold its problems, but it wouldn't be like the problems would exist in like just the like capabilities and accessibilities and resources of the people who were creating it, not necessarily a bias that comes from the fact that like they weren't actually from there.
0: So I really love the idea of archive um, that comes up in the stone. And to be honest, my ears um, really perked up at that part um, because I've often thought about all of my voice memos as sort of existing in an archive and um, how the show is an iteration of that. One that also treats it um, with the reverence it deserves I feel like that's how you all were describing it as archive, something to be um, honored. Um, Mm -hmm. An archive can really achieve a lot. I think it can trace family roots or win court cases uh, or tell love stories. Mm. Um, So I wanted to ask you about this concept of archive and how it applies to your work or your life.
1: When I think about it in relation to my life, you know, I'm, an extremely sentimental person. And so... Not just documenting something, but, like, saving, storing, like, putting it away for the purpose of, like, being able to access it again in future is, like, something that is... I, I don't know how I would live life without that ability. I think I would be a lot, a lot less, uh, maybe, present or fulfilled, knowing that, like, every every moment is i don't know something that i can't experience again in any other way um like the the thought would stress me out rather like of course maybe i'd be a little bit more it would force me to be present but i wouldn't really enjoy it <laughs> but um i think i don't know i i really just love the i don't know the concept of like like so much is happening all the time to- like all the time everywhere like you know we're all doing our thing and so to have like there's just something so special to me about being able to capture like as much of it as possible and so I feel like you know even it's it's definitely always something that has been done um but because of like technology and social media like you know I feel like we're all constantly archiving um we even have, like, archive features now on, like, every, almost every kind of platform. And so I I think that is a very comforting thought to me that we all can, like, be, like, archivists. Is that a word? Mm -hmm. Um, And just, like, kind of uh, savor our own lives in that way and also share the archive with other people.
0: Yeah. I was just thinking of how any, like, form of expression or documentation. Oh, rather, I was trying to think of, like, any piece of art that doesn't have that component. And I was thinking maybe, like, performance art, but even that is a snapshot in a way. It's a snapshot of people's values or um, the the culture of that time. Um, so I, I feel like these two... Uh, these two things are very related, right? Because any kind of outward expression is the documentation of some kind, right? Mm -hmm. Painting or singing or um, very snapshot-like. I hear or I heard in the note two sort of opposing ideas um, represented. So sort of like the importance or the significance of archiving something, preserving it, Um, and also contrastingly maybe the ethics of – preserving an artifact insofar as it strips its creator of their agency after they pass on. Mm. I was wondering where you sort of fall on those two uh, opposing ideas.
1: Yeah, like it's definitely something worth thinking about. Just like, yes, archiving is like an amazing tool, but, you know, can be maybe misused depending on who is doing the archiving and what their intentions are and, like, what kind of, you know, what their background is and what how that's informing their perspective of the experience that they're archiving, like, thinking of, like, anthropology. Um, like I said, I feel like because in this day and age we all kind of have so much control over our own, like, how our lives are being documented and shared and, like you know archived uh that I guess it's not something that I'm like feel like is uh I guess I'm not that worried about it to for lack of a better word but you know when we get into the actual like institutions of um like history anthropology etc which is what we were talking about at the time it definitely is you have to I mean that's kind of where you start like who is talking about this who is talking about this culture what connection do they have to, with it like why am I taking their word for this thing or like what business do they have you know being some kind of spokesperson for it or like even having access to the thing itself um so I definitely I don't know I, I definitely feel like everyone should have the ability to archive things in their own life and and should. I feel like once you get to other people, and especially other people in cultures and backgrounds that you have no connection to, then I think, I don't know, I definitely think there should be lines.
0: Yeah, I think it's important to bring up like that viewpoint in an institutional context, because in that same line of thinking, I was going to ask you, where does that leave us with this voice note? So like this preserved version of your friends and their voices and their agency. It's an important question to me because I have debated the ethics of creating and sharing and disseminating voice notes um, that I've recorded covertly. To be clear, we, we got the permission from the people to play the note. But I was wondering with those ideas and your compulsion to record how those things um, are in conflict or fit together. Yeah,
1: I guess it it comes down to like, what are you going to do with it? Like, really, that's... And I'm sure that's what anyone who's being recorded is going to ask, too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And like I said, I hate record because I was like, this is something I should know in the world, and I want to save it to remember it. You know, but let's say the conversation got super personal and it was still being recorded and someone said something vulnerable. You know, like, would I have been uh, conscious enough to, like, immediately stop recording or to be like hey guys you're being recorded like would that have ruined it would i have i i can't say for sure what i would have done if that happened
0: would you have ever would there have ever been a world where you would have um said wow guys this conversation is really interesting do you mind if i record it you know how do you think that might have tainted the conversation if at all i feel
1: like hmm I'm, like, it it does seem, like, it's as easy as that, like, just to be, like, hey, can I record this? Like, that would, (laughs) like, kind of, you know, answer the questions of, like, ethics and, like, you know, prevent any kind of uh, crossing the line with anyone. I think, one, because I had no plans to, like, share it beyond, like, me listening to it again. I don't think that that came to mind in the moment, to just ask. Also... I don't know how well it would have gone over per se, or at least it would have changed the tone of the conversation because specifically in our apartment, we spent so much time just, like, creating a space where everyone felt, like, super comfortable. Like, aside from the pandemic, just, like, as people was like, you know, uh, with the one friend, one friend in the voice note would talk a lot about just, like, having new energies in the home. And just, like, that was something that I, like, really... Because I'm a people person. I love being around people. So, you know, if someone had people over, I, I'd never, you know, aside from it being, like, like, a strange white man, like, I probably wouldn't care. But, like, they they but definitely, like, you know, opened my mind to just, like, being particular about, like, how energies change when new... Or how spaces change when new energies are introduced. And I say all this to say that I feel like anything to, like, disrupt the energy that was present in the moment Mm would have probably been met with some kind of resistance. Whether the -hmm. resistance is resistance to, like, say everything that they were thinking, Mm -hmm. or just an outright resistance of, like, no, you can't record it. Yeah. But that's, I mean, or maybe they wouldn't have given a fuck. Like, I I, I don't quite know. But because we weren't talking about anything super, super personal. But I think that's why I did it. I think if we were talking about something really personal, I wouldn't have felt like, to recording, knowing that I wouldn't have wanted to be recorded. I feel like that's a, a, a motivator for me, is that I would have... I, I The idea of being recorded <laughs> makes me nervous, which might be obvious. Um, so, <laughs> it's not. Don't worry. So, like, I, you know, if someone recorded me without me knowing, I would immediately be like... Even if I was talking about the weather, I'd be like... <laughs> just feel very, uh, you know, not quite violated, but just... It, it would raise eyebrows, so... You know, I guess I try, I'm just, I would try to extend that same, you know, grace to others as well.
0: Yeah, it's a hard question, right? Because talking about, like, I think it's, it's a whole conversation about, like, capturing a, a moment in its rawest or purest form. Especially in relation to what you were saying about how archives or documentation is doctored now. Because everyone has so much control over um, their own image or the things that they're putting out online to the point where like that control is actually what's making things maybe a little bit further from the truth when you think about
1: mm-hmm. Facetune
0: mm-hmm. or deep fakes or yeah. um you know the, the that's all information control um I think that's what it comes down to right is like a a lack of control over like you know not knowing yes, what's being said uh but. I still have such an appreciation for people people who are expressing themselves in a more truthful in a tr- more truthful way and I don't know why that maybe doesn't always happen when they know it's being captured. Yeah, I You'd feel You think like, right, like people would wanna I don't know.
1: I feel like it it's just now the the world we live in like Things can travel so fast, like, I, I, you know, like, let's say, I don't know, like I said, I'm not the history nerd, but maybe, like, 40, 50 years ago, even if they had recording software, you know, you had time to process, decide, blah, 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 how far you wanted it to go, versus you could be on IG Live being recorded, and it's already, like, yeah. being broadcasted, like, oh so gosh, in an yeah. instant, you could be, so it's just like...
0: I was reading a Twitter thread today about how... I think there's a lot of um, how to how to describe a lot of lack of ethics, basically, when it comes to like the digital world and how people sort of like being recorded without their knowledge and exploited for entertainment, even if it's not necessarily like a bad thing, is so normalized.
1: Definitely, Yeah.
0: So normalized. You could be living your life, doing something, having a bad day or not, maybe having a conversation with someone not knowing how you're coming off and then end up on. Like a meme, TikTok viral, six million yeah. views and yeah. the person who posted it will refuse to take it down, you know, because it 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 gives them um they profit from it in yeah, some way. Yeah. yeah.
1: I know. It's honestly a scary thought. And it's I say that and yet I scroll and laugh at memes with strangers. So like Yeah. It's I don't know, maybe we're too far gone, but it's just very
0: panopticon state. Yeah. We're we're a part of the surveillance. Like yeah. we're the cameras also.
1: Yeah, I know. It's it's definitely off-putting when you consciously think about it. I feel like because it's been normalized, we just kind of, like, don't dissect it and examine it as much anymore. But it's I'm no. glad that people still are. Like, we need to be reminded that it's not normal to do that.
0: It isn't normal. I think, to me, though, there's something a bit divorced from... Um, I think there's so, there's there's more separation, I guess, when it comes to uh content that uh, is divorced from image because people's image, their persona, um, mm. is is what, what one what a lot of people like are able to make a living off of online, but feels to me more, I don't know why it feels so connected to that person's personhood, whereas like there's a degree of anonymity to a uh, voice note, even though you yeah. could be speaking like something that's actually quite closer to your, um your true self your your innermost thoughts but it, it, that has always made me more comfortable than like having a bunch of videos aside yeah from definitely up less space my phone. it
1: definitely is different in that way for sure and like I mean at least I tell myself this like if someone was to like misuse something that I said or recorded like I would definitely be like, I never said that. That's not me. Like, because you can, like, it yeah. can be manipulated to the point. Yeah. But when you have the face behind it, it's really hard to be like, okay, that's not me. Yeah. It's you.
0: I think the anonymity is an important point in the yeah, ethical conversation. Point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, so you mentioned that you're in New York mm-hmm. uh, because you were working on a project that evolved from maybe not this conversation, but a conversation oh. similar to it. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if you could walk us through how it transformed from an exchange of words to an artifact of its own.
1: I think because like being an artist or filmmaker, you know, you're constantly pulling inspiration from like real life, real world things. So even though the idea was born out of just, you know, a friend sharing like a very personal memory of theirs with me and another friend, like in our home. So, you know, a very private space because me and the the other friend who was listening are filmmakers have a visual mind we heard this very like absurd story and saw like a movie coming out of it which is it, it is a bit crazy i wish I, I i really wish i could remember the exact moment or like what what i was seeing while they were talking or how i got from conversation to script <laughs> i love um, how you
0: described it as absurd i've never thought of the piece as funny at all but hearing it like that i'm like this is a funny story actually
1: yeah it is it, it's just kind of crazy like i, I it's kind of you're like really like you, you everyone has like a strong reaction to it because you know like <laughs> it's just it just absurd is the, the perfect word for it really which is why i i kind of latched onto to describing the film that way because you know maybe as like preparation for what <laughs> what the the film will become um but you know i think I, how this dynamic informed this project coming to life i don't think i would have made something again in this year in particular without their support and without their minds to like bounce ideas off of like quite literally that relationship um just like it like the the concept was born out out of it really quite literally and so and in that way it kind of made it more fun it kind of made it feel more like making i was making something with with friends and we were like we all kind of related to this very specific absurd story not because we've ever experienced it but because you know we're other queer people who have quote-unquote absurd experiences because we're told that our queer experience is deviant in some way is absurd
0: yeah oh my Um, gosh i was thinking about that last night last night i was at a screening of Rains um about the bodies of water and in relation to queerness and when you know it didn't strike me until the second to last uh piece which actually showed queer people in nature, how, or why it's so powerful. And I realized it's because like queer people are meant to be societally unnatural. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, that, that, that clip. Yeah. Changed. I was like, this is why, um, apart from like within the context of bodies of water specifically, like the freedom that comes from, I think like being in water. Mm-hmm. So I, I really like how you touched briefly before on like the conditions of this relationship being the thing that sort of inspired you to make more work um like I said I went to your screening last night that was sort of um maybe I want to say didn't have as much collaboration but the story was your own same thing your your debut earlier this year too at company gallery um, another short film of yours that seemed very independently made let's say um, so this, something about this felt a little bit different and I was wondering, you know, in future work, what conditions do you feel like inspire you to make something? Like in future,
1: what will inspire me? Or? Yeah.
0: So, cause it seemed like, you know, it had been a while since you made something. Yeah. This collaborative environment seems like what sparked it. Um, and I was just wondering if you could talk a little bit more or what your evaluation there would be
1: yeah i i feel like like do
0: you think you would have made this you, it doesn't sound like you would have made this if alone yeah no
1: i don't think so i i feel like one from like past experiences of like knowing how much work mm. like making like a medium like film mm-hmm. really takes um also like in my day to day i work in tv so i work on like huge crews of people mm-hmm. and see like the benefits of having like You know, 100, 500 person crews, you know, one person is there just to like make sure the collar of the shirt never moves. Like, it's just like all those things like help the whole machine like run more smoothly. And so, like, all of that is informing, like, I guess whenever I have uh, any ideas to make something, knowing like the support that it'll really take to support and collaboration it will take to actually make it without sacrificing like my own mental and physical health. Yeah. Um, which I think is honestly for many people the appeal of film in general that it is so collaborative. It can be, you know, it is working with other people and that is a skill in itself. But I feel like I don't know, it's something like I lean into and I, I, I'm just glad to have uh enough community, not only queer community but like filmmaking community that I can really, you know, like I don't know make stuff with them like there's people that, like I'm not short of friends that I can like be like hey let's do something like we all kind of make I never I feel like I, many people could probably relate to like making something with friends is, is always way more rewarding okay let's say almost always more rewarding than just like making it with like strangers who you talk to for like two weeks and never see again
0: yeah you know? so do you think that all your future work will be similarly collaborative not not so much in the production of it, but like
1: it Idea. seems like from conception too yeah. is really collaborative. Well, if we're talking about conception, then no, because I feel like I have. I feel like my biggest, uh, when I think about, audience for my my work or just like inspiration, it it always comes goes back to like black the black queer community. So, and more specifically, even like, you know, the Jamaican black queer community. And so, um, it's kind of hard. I mean, unless I'm making it with other, like Jamaican queer people, I feel like it usually ends up being something more personal that I, you know, is coming from my own heart and my heart alone, or like something that I'm, you know, creating for a very specific community inspired by them.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to ask too what it was like authoring a story that really wasn't
1: yours. I feel like. The it was definitely I would say I I've, I've never done that before, so it was definitely a new experience. Usually when I'm inspired to like go the lengths to make see an idea through, it's because, you know, it came from my mind and I can't get it out of my mind and I and I'm, you know, I'm trying to get it get it made. But this was like, you know, done with the help of uh experimental filmmaking grant, which you know i i personally love experimental film congratulations like, by the way <laughs> thank you i feel like um that that blanket for me is like kind of comforting because at the end of the day it is okay to experiment i feel like when you're making like i'm sure like a blockbuster movie like it is about making it as like real and clean and perfect and as possible um like those, realistic yeah yeah and so like if you know knowing that it's an experimental film it just kind of you know gives me some breathing room of like okay we're trying something out and that's okay and so I say that to say that 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 context is probably why I was like even though this was a new experience I was still able to like kind of like lean into it and like even though I quote-unquote directed it like we always throughout the whole process we would always be like oh yeah I'm quote-unquote producing it or I'm quote-unquote directing it because like Yes, we know what those words mean, but also, like, they could mean whatever <laughs> you kind of want them to, too, based on, like, the project, basically. Did you write the script? That's, see, even that. So, I had no intention of writing writing the script. I knew, that was, that was my one, like, obviously, line drawn that I can't write this thing because it's, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm not uh, of the background of the person whose life inspired it. Um, but it ended up being this thing we, we, we came up with the visual idea together. So I feel like I, I helped author the visual idea, but the story itself, it's kind of, that's the other thing. It touches on like docu-fiction. So like, there's so many like blurred lines. Um, Talk a little bit more about, um,
0: some of the themes maybe without getting into the actual story.
1: <sighs> okay. I feel like I should <laughs> answer your question before I get into that, uh, all of that because of the themes we could you know we could really go I couldn't geek out about the the project a lot but um basically I I was about to say that one person was going to write write it with the help of uh the person whose life inspired it who is not a filmmaker by background so technically speaking that's why we passed it off to uh the other friend in the the trio of collaborators and so it but then it ended up being like they wrote it and I had feedback and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna go into the, the document. Instead of telling you how I how I think it should change, I'm just gonna do a pass of it. And then they read that pass and then the person who is not the filmmaker was like, you know what? I'm just gonna try writing a script. I've never done it before, but I'm gonna go in and like go into the document and learn, you know, how the formatting works and just do my own pass of it. So quite literally we didn't like co write it writer's room style which is very like you know almost line by line like everyone's on the same page or like you know with the intention of it being a group project basically it kind of just happened organically that way which I feel like is part was part of that experiment um but thinking of the themes of the story that the reason why like we were all able to like co-author this thing that is super specific and like who said absurd um the themes are I mean, quite, you know, most obviously about like queerness, queer identity, sexuality, gender, um, but also about desire, understanding your desire, how desire is like packaged to us or how we like dissect that, especially as children. The The memory that inspired the stories uh, from a childhood memory of my friend um, and just kind of like the dif- different kinds of desire and, and the blurred, the way those lines blur uh you know in people's queer experiences of just like you know the age-old question of do I do I want to be with them or do I want to be them you know kind of trying to understand like how what, what attraction kind of attraction you're having to someone um also the themes of I guess longing and and also being like uh trying to go get as close as possible to something that you're longing whether that's you know Like you're an immigrant or just a transplant and you're trying to go to this one bakery that has like a dessert that you could get in your hometown or going to someone's house (laughs) who you don't really know, but you want to get to know them in whatever way you can. Um, Other themes, I guess just like... How How does memory function in the work? Yes, memory. That is a, another theme of it. Because um, it's a, you said childhood memory, right? Yes. So it's it's in a way a reenactment of this childhood memory of my friends, but I'll kind of you know, by the time the film gets me, there's so many hands that are on this this memory that memory that is already you know still just a memory. Like there's probably s- details and things that were forgotten or oh, like yeah. or remixed. So
0: you know the the more times you remember a memory the further it gets from how things actually happen?
1: Yeah, I have I have heard that, which honestly is kind of scary to me to think about. But, <laughs> you know, I feel like we're all somewhat conscious of, like, that the way we view the world is so subjective, and, yeah. like, the way we remember I wonder if that applies things. to people
0: with photographic memories. Anyway, sorry to
1: cut you off. No, no, um... I'm like, surely they remember it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <That's> how it <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, I... Memory, so really, it's it's about how I guess. In hindsight, uh, retrospective memory informs our current understanding of ourselves. Mm-hmm. So e- everyone, queer or not, has you know memories of them as a child that they didn't ever dissect as the child themselves, but later on in life, yeah, you know, are like, wow, this thing is the reason that this thing is this way for me now, mm-hmm. and you know it really just explores that and also how when memories the moment th- the film really follows like the very moment that this memory f- resurfaces in the the main character and so just like really the, tr- the trajectory of that memory and just like you know the understanding that can be gained from it but also like you know the kind of cringy more shameful Moments that we have to work through when remembering parts of ourselves in our life mm-hmm. that happened long ago.
0: Yeah. Help us construct, like, our current understanding of ourselves. Yep. Well, thank you for getting into it. I'm really excited to see the project. And I wanted to ask, too, as sort of um, a final note about it, um, in your dreams, what do you see as the lifespan of this piece? Um oh, I thought you're
1: gonna ask me about my dreams. Um, <laughs> or its
0: trajectory, like yeah. to bring it
1: back, would
0: you ever see this film being archived one day?
1: I think it quite it probably will be because of the association with the grant. And so yeah. you know, they track the winners yearly and like what comes out of the money that they invested into it. Um so it probably will be archived, which I, I guess I've never thought about until now. Um I really I don't know. I, I, I want to you know first and foremost be happy with the final product and just mm-hmm. you know maybe even proud of it. Um, but <laughs> I'm sure you will be. Um, but uh, as far as I can see now and I, I have trouble thinking long term, but as far as I can see now, I my hopes are just to like screen it not just like necessarily on a big screen or projected. But also in an installation of its own. So mm. this is this feels like only like the first of many steps to like the life that this film can take. Yeah. Um. Take on, but also you know I mean a couple of festivals would be nice. I don't know. I, you know, like we'll see. I've never, I've like had maybe like one festival experience. Like probably festival who experience. Do you
0: hope, who do you hope? will watch it? That's a good
1: cue. Um, the gays. I really hope that core people watch it and are like oh yeah like I like this story is not one that I relate similar to me when I heard the my -hmm. friend talking I've never done this thing I've never experienced this thing but I know exactly what almost exactly what you were feeling like with the feelings behind the actual story itself and hope that like you know I don't know we can just find solace in like just how different we all are but how we all like have this shared way of kind of moving through the world because of the conditioning we've had of like, like we went, said earlier, like queer being a natural and like not the norm and more deviant. Yeah. What a gorgeous
0: note to end on, Rain Hansen. Um, I have one bonus question you could say. Um, each episode has an accompanying playlist and I was wondering if you, um, future wedding DJ could recommend some tracks for songs that could be added that you think fit the themes of this conversation of the story or music that you listen to with your housemates in the quarantine or music that your crew listened to to get pumped up before you were shooting anything in that world I'll give you I really give us f- give us a couple. Give us three to five songs.
1: I feel very challenged to think about songs to do with archiving, but nothing is coming to mind right now. I I, I hope that I can give you my yeah, we'll collab my ideas later. Um, okay, three that came to mind first. Um, definitely things I imagined by Solange. I feel like relates to one, like. Coming up with the film, the trajectory it has taken in my life. Um, and even like the character in the film, also um, quite literally living in their head a lot. Um, also, um, looking to remember by Tops. And last, I can say now. Wait, would be why did you
0: choose the second song?
1: Oh. Um, well, we're thinking about archiving, so, like, title-wise, it talks about, uh, remember, like, yeah. Yeah, like, looking to remember... I just don't know the songs, so Oh, why yeah, I asked. Yeah. And it just talks about, um, like, just, like, how someone sees themselves and how they, like, the control they have over that image, I guess. Um, and then the last one isn't instrumental, but uh, it's called Inside My House, Someplace I... <laughs> Some place I keep dreaming of. Ricky, eat acid. Yes, and I love that song. Sorry, dreaming about actually, um, but it is a song from a playlist that I made with my housemates. And oh, yeah. um, like I said, we spent a lot of time together in twenty twenty, and just a lot of time cultivating that the level of comfort of that space. And so, you know, the feeling of the song, the title. I feel like it just it, it's relevant
0: thank you rain then thank you for being here how can people support you
1: um they can support me by following me on twitter and liking (laughs) my tweets i'm kidding um i have an instagram which i am exercising posting more about my work on they can follow there hit me up if you'd like to collaborate um You know that's a start. You know, and if you do want to check out my Twitter, like (laughs) I'm just saying, like that's that's really Rain forgot
0: to say comedian in their introduction.
1: I, you know, if you know film wasn't calling my name as much as it was, I, I would be able to pursue my dreams of being a comedian. But you know, I have to give the people what they actually want from me, which is yeah, no, I'm the jokes are coming out, so (laughs) maybe I should wrap this up (laughs) thanks rain